<laughs> How things, is that this, this week? You guys, okay, good. Let me know when that's, well, I, I got to know, don't I? Because, yeah. How many love Jesus this morning? Praise the Lord. So, if you love Jesus, someone say hallelujah. hallelujah. Man, I love Jesus. I'm so grateful for Jesus. I am so grateful. I feel more relaxed preaching today than I have felt in a long time. And yet, really, I have a challenging topic. In fact, Father, thank you for blessing me as I preach. Lord, help me to focus on your intention, what you want to get across to your people. Holy Spirit, flow out in the spirit of revelation and wisdom. Open our hearts and minds to the word. Don't let anybody be offended, Lord. Help us to understand what we're listening to. In Jesus' name, amen. So have you ever studied the word and it just expands on you? Anybody? You're just like, you can't, all of a sudden you go to one scripture, then another. Well, the problem is if you're a teacher, you got to reel that thing in. Because all of a sudden you got three scriptures that go to five, that go to 10, that go to 20, to 100. And pretty soon it's Genesis through Revelation. And how many would stay here if I began in Genesis chapter one and said, don't worry, we'll be done by Revelation 22. I might lose a couple uh, during the service. So it's difficult, and my challenge today is to stay focused. So I'm not putting any pressure on myself to get done today. I want to have a time in ministry, but this message may go on. I want to talk about the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit because I've had questions thrown at me recently by different people. I've actually met with people. Uh, we've came in and we've, come, we've talked about it. And there are so many ideas and theologies and doctrines about the Holy Spirit, and people have different ideas. And so I just want to nail some things down. Now, even in this church, there are going to be folks that have some differences about the Holy Spirit. Did you know that? How many, how many think that's probably true? You know, probably, probably true. So, uh, and I've said this, all, and I mean this. If, I don't mind if there's, you know, someone has a little disagreement. They can talk and everything. But what I, you know, obviously we want to have agreement on some core issues here. We are not, at Grace Point, for example, we're not cessationists. What does that mean? Say that, Evelyn. Yeah, cessationist believes that the gifts of the Spirit died and for me to believe that, you have to believe the Holy Spirit died. You know, he's the one that does the gifts, right? We're not cessationists, and we're not going to be cessationists. That doesn't mean if you're a cessationist, you can't come here, but you're going to hear a lot of stuff that is not cessational. Maybe it'll be sensational, but we're not, we believe in the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I know we've had some controversy and probably had some people leave the church because we believe in praying in the Spirit. What's another way to say that? Yeah, and, and, um, and, and I'll tell you why it offends people. I got a quick story about that, and then uh, I want to tell you a story in my own life to tell you why, why one of the reasons it offends people. Any gift of the Spirit or moving in the Spirit will offend the mind. Will offend the mind. The Bible says the foolishness of God is wiser than men. Have you ever thought about the supernatural um, element of the Bible from Genesis all the way through Revelation, it's one miracle after another. Did you know that? God created man in six days, and he breathed into man the breath of life, which we may talk about that a little bit today. God calls out a people, 
You got axe heads floating. Did you know that? A guy threw an axe stick in the water and the axe head came up and fastened to that axe head. Do you guys know that story? Is that remarkable? I mean, you got just one, you know, the, the earth being flooded and humanity being destroyed, Sodom and Gomorrah being destroyed by uh, fire. I posted something on Facebook about that. I just saw it. And I saw it on two different, uh, Sean McDowell was one and, and this, uh, this uh, Catholic uh, thing on YouTube. They have discovered, they believe, and the archaeologists believe 100%, they believe they've uh, unearthed Sodom. Did you know that? How many knew that? Hmm? They, well, they found, what they found was it was destroyed by fire. Anybody surprised by that? And the, they're saying meteors. It was destroyed by meteors, which, yeah, the, the temperatures, this glass substance that they found there, it's not my message, but it's good anyway. The, um, the glass substance they found there can only be formed with temperatures over 4,000 degrees. And you cannot get those temperatures in nature unless it be like a nuclear bomb or something. And there, uh, this discovery is coming out. It's not anything. I mean, it's public. It's known about. I posted on it. It's funny when you post things like that. I might post cats and get 100 likes. I post Sodom and Gomorrah and I get maybe a couple likes on it. People are, but, it but I'm just saying they've, 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 they believe, credible archaeologists truly believe they've discovered Sodom. Isn't that amazing? Now, you're not going to see that on the 6 o'clock news. Uh, I like what Kathleen said. She goes, turn the news off. They're lying to you. I've been saying that all along. They are lying to you. If you watch the news, you're just watching lies. Fox lies. CNN lies. You're just getting lies. You can watch it. You're allowed to, but it's just, it's just lies anyway. But they only report what they want to report. They only tell you what they want to tell you. And that's how they, I really believe the one world globalist order, that's how it's going to come. People are going to, you know, just follow what they're hearing and believing lies. And the Bible says because they choose to believe a lie, they'll be given a spirit of delusion, right? And they'll be judged for it. We don't want to believe lies. I wouldn't listen to them personally. I really like that. So the Bible, from the beginning all the way to the end, is supernatural. If you're uncomfortable with the supernatural, you're going to be uncomfortable with God and you're going to be uncomfortable with the kingdom of God because Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand and I'm announcing to you that not only is the kingdom of God at hand, it is at hand, but the kingdom of God is here. Praise the Lord. And wherever the kingdom of God is, there's going to be miracles, there's going to be signs and wonders, there's going to be things happen, incredible. I just got a, a message from... Um, Fred, tra they travel a lot, but Fred and Brandy are members of this church, and uh, how many remember his testimony? We, we prayed for his foot, right? And he had a piece broken off in his foot, and he needed surgery on his foot, and I said, let me pray for you. He couldn't walk, and he was getting ready to go be with his grandkids, and it really concerned him, and we prayed for him, and he said he was walking within a couple days, and he had no problem on vacation. He went to the doctor, this is new information, he went to the doctor, got x-rays, and he said the doctor was amazed. Why? There was no broken, there was no chips, there was nothing to operate on, whatever was there was healed. How about that? Praise the Lord. That's doctor confirmation. I can't say everybody I pray for that happens, but it happened with him. I had lunch with Dan Holst. What am I saying? The kingdom of God is here. 
Amen. The Spirit of God is here. It's real. He is real. And I had lunch with an old friend. He had a, a, a little block in his eye. I can't remember what the term, not like a tumor, but um, well, I can't think of the term for it. But it was blocking, and it was going to take out his vision, and the doctor said it could cause blindness, and they really couldn't do surgery on it. And he knew, because him and I had gone out back in the old days, Dan Holstein, and prayed with people, so he knew I prayed for the sick. So I met him over in Columbus, and we were at an Italian restaurant, he told me his dilemma, and he said, would you pray for me? I was so happy to pray for Dan. Dan was raised a cessationist, you know, but he had been around me, and he had seen some miracles, so he knew that God did stuff. Anyway, uh, I was sitting there, and we had a little bowl of oil for the salad that nobody used. Just, I said, that's probably olive oil, true story. And I said, Dan, let's go step out. We got olive oil here. That's what they use when you lay hands on people. I said, uh, I went out and laid hands on his eye, prayed for him in faith, believed God. He was believing too. He called me back a week later, I don't know, a couple weeks later, I don't know, and he said he went to the doctor and it's gone. Amen. If you only knew Dan, you'd laugh. I mean, he, Dan's a, he's, a, he's a mental, he's a mind guy, he's a thinker, he's, you know, very cerebral, but he knows God does stuff. He's learned, you know. He's very. You just have to know Dan. What a great guy, too. What a great friend. And you know, and that's, let me say that before I talk about the Holy Spirit, which my message is going to be on this morning. Dan and I went out. We had great differences. He came from a cessationist church, and this is, you know, he was more Calvinistic and all these things. I loved Dan Holstein. I loved him. We 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 had, you know, we hung out. He liked me. He accepted me with my quirkiness and all these. I loved him. We fellowshiped together. We, he was in our life group. And I think he grew from our relationship. And I grew too. And not only that, I had a great friend in Dan. And uh, yeah, so sometimes we have to, I no longer feel the need to win an argument with somebody. I don't. If you disagree, I don't, I don't feel like I have to argue with you about something. You know, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of wisdom and revelation. I just pray. And not only that, I don't, I, even studying the Holy Spirit this week and looking at it, there's a lot of language, honestly, and theologians, great theologians, even full gospel theologians disagree on so much. Like um, I know um, like Bill Johnson or Randy Clark, uh, they say the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit is being filled with the Holy Spirit. Boldness. And other Pentecostals say the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit is praying in the Spirit or praying in tongues. And they, great, both of them really know their Bible. They're going to give you scriptures on it. And they're going to give you their reasons on it. And both of these camps are filled with the Holy Spirit, and yet there's disagreement. So it, it gives me some humility and it causes me to dig in deeper. And the more you dig, dig into it, there's language. Like, how many of you know that Luke's description of the Holy Spirit really sounds a little bit different than Paul's? Same Holy Spirit, same teaching. It sounds different when you hear him. There's Pauline theology, and the scholars say there's Lucan theology. You ever heard that expression? If you haven't, it's because you haven't been to Bible college. I've been to Bible college, and we had we studied what what two books did Luke write? He wrote Luke, right? And he wrote Acts. He wrote Luke and Acts. What made Luke different than um, most of the writers? 
if so I say, say all of, of the writers, what? He was a Gentile. Luke was a doctor. He was a physician. He was a Gentile. But uh, Luke uses a lot of Jesus language when he talks about the Holy Spirit, quotes Jesus, talks about Jesus. And then in the book of Acts, that Lucan language continues. Paul, uh, he talks a little bit different when he's talking about the Holy Spirit. And you really, if you're comparing Luke to Paul, you got to make sure you're comparing apples to oranges, right? I'm going to say amen. What I'm mostly concerned about today, and maybe we'll get into some Pauline stuff, and when you get into Paul's revelation, it really gets involved. You're going to get into uh, Romans 8. Jeff, are you a big S or a small S guy for the first 16 verses? You know what I mean? Like, you know what, you know what I'm saying, don't you? Not everybody, who knows what I say when I say in Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 15, are you a big S or a small S guy? Who knows what I'm talking about? Evelyn and Jeff and me. But that's a big deal, isn't it? I mean, it, it, you know, or in... Um, no, not today. If I open that can of doves, I'll have to explain it, and that's a journey, right? And, uh, uh, but, you know, I'll, I'll just tell you in brief that uh, some believe it's the born-again spirit, and then some with the capital S, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. Is he talking about the Holy Spirit or the born-again human spirit? And there are a lot of you know, uh, differences on that. It's, it's all the Word of God. we got to rightly divide it. This is what Sunday school is for. This is what Wednesday nights are for. This is what uh, grace groups are for. If we're going to dig in, you got 40 minutes, you know, you're, you just can't dig into everything. you got to hit stuff and, uh, and run. Uh, me and, me and uh, Bo talked about maybe doing a book of the Bible. We haven't done that in a long time and running through. I, I want to do Malachi, but Anyway, go through a book, of that, that always helps to go through a book of the Bible. But anyway, there is uh, Lucan theology, the way he presents things, and Paul. And it, so I, I want to approach this humbly, but my goal, and Jeff, my purpose today, is I want every person in this church to be comfortable and know that there is a third person in the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, and He is real. I also want you to know there is a, a truth, or a, we believe 100%, it's in our doctrinal statement, that uh, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen? Amen? We need to have the charismas in the church. What's the charismas? Gifts. What's the root Greek word for charisma? Anybody know? It has to do with, it's really gracelets. They're gifts. We translate it to gifts of God, but it, the word is uh, grace, like charis. Isn't that the Bible college called charis? It, it, the grace. It means grace. So the gifts of the Spirit, you can look at them like gracelets. They're the graces of God, right? You don't earn a healing. I don't think I had any more faith praying with Fred than I did anybody. I just obeyed the Lord. The key to healing is obeying the Lord. Amen? So anyway, they're gracelets. So we believe in those gracelets, but they come from being filled with, the, filled with the Holy Spirit. How many of you have operated in one of, or the Holy Spirit has used you in one of those gracelets in the last month or two? Anybody? A bunch of us. Amen. A bunch of us have. Prophecy, words of knowledge. It's hard for me not to get up here on Sundays and tell you a bunch of stories, you know? If you go out and you're activated, 
Like city quake, you go out, God will let his grace let's loose in your life. A lot of it depends on you and how much you want to flow in them. Amen? Someone said one time, the Holy Spirit is always on. You believe that? I can tell you he is, because if you let him, he'd wear you out. You know what I mean? We got to shut him off, because you go into Walmart and you turn him loose, next thing you know, you got revival at Walmart. You come home and Pam says, Brad, I, man, that's a great story. You prayed with that person and you ran into this person and that. Yeah. And she'll say, Brad, uh, by the way, where's the milk? <laughs> I forgot. But I didn't forget the Pillsbury Doughboy and Cherry Turnovers. But no, the Holy Spirit's always on. He's energized. He's always ready. And we can uh, go out into the world what I like to tell the Lord, and I, I got to get to this, I like to tell the Lord, I'm available. How many of you will say that this week to the Lord? Because God uses us all, all different, and I know that. Maria, I know that. God uses us all different, but we want to say, I'm available, Lord, whatever you got for me. And it's amazing what God will do with you and through you, you know, when you just tell the Lord you're available. He'll open doors for you. He'll bring people in your path. He'll fill you with the Spirit. It, it just will amaze you. So we believe in the Holy Spirit. We believe in being filled with the Spirit. Um, Luke likes to use the term baptized in the Holy Spirit. Did you know that? How many remember, I don't know if it was two months ago or so, we had a teaching on the Holy Spirit, and we talked about being endued with power. Remember that? That was out of Luke, right? Some of you, how many of you got prayed for that day, and you knew that you were endued with power? Amen. I know, I know. And some of you, for the first time, it's like you could even see the power of God on you. Amen. Okay, so turn to Luke chapter 3. I want to talk about this baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I'm not going to draw a correlation with Paul today because that would open up a lot of teaching and we may get there. My desire is that you would be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you say, Brother Brad, I am filled, that's good. I am, I am not going to argue with you whether you're filled with the Spirit or not. No way. If you're filled with the Spirit, that's tremendous. I, let's, let's keep being filled with the Holy Spirit. Chapter 3, let's go with verse 15. You guys with me? All right. Now, this is hugely important. Now, as the people were in expectation... They were expecting something. I like that. And all reasoned in their hearts about John, whether he was the Christ, that's the Messiah or not. John answered, saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, water baptism, but one mightier than I is coming, coming after me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you, with the Holy Spirit and with fire, his winnowing fan is in his hand. He will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather the wheat into the barn, but the chaff he will burn up with unquenchable fire. And with many other exhortations, he preached to the people. But Herod the Tectarch, being uh, rebuked by him concerning Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, and for all the evils which Herod had done, also added this, Above all else, he shut John up into prison. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, get this, the heaven was opened 
the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form. Isn't that amazing? Like a dove. It wasn't a dove. It was like a dove. Please understand that. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And I got a lot of things here. And I know I'm, I'm, I'm going deliberately slow. And I want to go deliberately slow. This is one of many great Trinitarian scriptures. If you ever get in a conversation with maybe a Jehovah Witness or an Arian or someone, a modalist. I know you don't know what those words mean, but if you do, people that don't believe in the Trinity, this is a great scripture because here we see in one verse of scripture, we, we, where's Jesus, the Son of God? Where is he? He's on earth in the water, right? Where's the Father's voice coming from? All right, what didn't come from Jesus' belly? A modalist believes that Jesus was the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Now, we know He dwelled in the Father spiritually. There's a lot you could say about it. But, but um, you know, no, Jesus wasn't up in heaven speaking and down on earth. And Jesus was located in space-time history. He was in water at a particular time. And the Father's voice was in heaven. And where's the Holy Spirit? Yes, descending. And then it lights on Him. It actually fills Him. Okay, so a question, why did Jesus need to be baptized? Had he ever sinned? Wasn't it a baptism of repentance? Yeah, it was. You know, it's John's baptism, it was. So why did he need to be baptized? No. Huh? There might be more truths, but um, an example. He's being our example. He said, in order to fulfill all righteousness, Right? Jesus was identifying with us. We need to be baptized in the Spirit, or baptized in Jesus, right? Spiritually baptized, which is manifesting in water baptism to go to heaven. I got to be immersed into Christ to, to go to heaven. And the water baptism is a picture of that. But Jesus was already uh, without sin. He could walk into heaven anytime, right? I mean, he was without sin. But he said, in order to fulfill all righteousness, Jesus was identifying with sinners in order to fulfill all righteousness. So he's identifying with you and me, amen, and he's showing us. So everything he did, he did it. He was modeling something. He was showing us something. Well, let me ask you a question. This is really, I don't know, I, I only thought about this a few years ago. Why did Jesus need to be filled with the Spirit? Yeah, he's born as a man. Did he have the Spirit of God in him as a man? No, he ha no, the Spirit of Christ, you could go to Romans 8 and prove this, the Spirit of Christ is the Spirit of God. I don't want to go too far down there. I know people don't think about this stuff much. Jesus was fully God and fully man, wasn't he? He had the Spirit of Christ, and in Romans 8, Paul equates the Spirit of Christ with the Spirit of God. He's divinity, he's divine. He did lay down uh, aspects of uh, his prerogative, how's uh, Philippians 2 said, uh, he laid down, one, one translation says rights, he emptied himself. There was a self-emptying. Jesus was not in all places all at once when he was on the earth, was he? He wasn't omnipresent. Jesus grew in wisdom, didn't he? He grew in wisdom. He learned things and stature. There were things when Jesus became localized, Jesus was tempted as a man God can't be tempted. The Word of God says so. So there were some aspects he laid down, but he was still divine. He still had the Spirit of God. 
God actually dwelt in a man dwelling in Jesus. Let me ask you this, if you're struggling with that, what spirit was in Adam? Come on now. Spirit of God. Who breathed life into Adam? God did. That was the breath of God. Amen? Oh, should I go there, Lord? I have to wait for that scripture, okay? No, when Adam... God breathed his spirit or his life into Adam. Adam had the spirit of God. There are really only two really uh, consequential or great men in history in one way. Two representative men, Adam and Jesus. Adam had the spirit of God in him. He ruled over creation. He was a co-laborer. He ruled in the garden. But when Adam sinned, the Bible says, that uh, the, he died spiritually. The Spirit of God left him, and he got kicked out of the garden, didn't he? And years later, Adam physically died because he had already spiritually died. Is that true? You read Romans 5, Ephesians 2, you know it's true. Adam died. And because everyone that was born after Adam was born into Adam, the Bible says we were all born into sin. Who here hasn't sinned? <laughs> Amen. We were born into sin. Every human being has sinned. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So God needed a second Adam, and the scriptures in the book of Corinthians even calls Jesus, not the second Adam, he called Jesus the last Adam. How many know that? Okay, you can look, just, just Google last Adam. It's in 1 Corinthians, I believe it's chapter 15. So Jesus was our second representative man. Now you know. He represented you. So when he got baptized, he got baptized. He's representing man. Now when he came, he had the spirit of God or he had the spirit of Christ. But now he was filled with the Holy Spirit. How many can see that? I mean, you see it. The Holy Spirit's there. What happened after Jesus got filled with the Holy Spirit? Hmm? He sent out in the wilderness, he was tempted, right? And he came from, it says uh, in chapter 4, flip over to Luke chapter 4. Time goes so fast when you're having fun. Oh, Lord, help me get there. He said, then Jesus being what? Then Jesus being what? Filled with the Holy Spirit. Isn't that beautiful? Now, if Jesus needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you do too. Filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And we know he was tempted. And after he was tempted, he comes out of the wilderness. He goes into the synagogue. And let, let's go to verse 18. He sets down. He opens the book. He found the place in Isaiah 61. And Jesus starts to read. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is what? Upon me. The Holy Spirit is upon you to do something. Did you know that? When you're endued with power, it's to do something. Even in the Old Testament, uh, prophets, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit came on them, right? To prophesy, to do something. The Holy Spirit would come on people. The Holy Spirit came on David. He jumped over walls. Uh, Holy Spirit came on Shamgar. He killed you know, thousands of people. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of might came on Samson. And how many people did Samson kill with the jawbone of an ass? A donkey. 
like a thousand or something, because the spirit of might, the spirit of God came on him. And he did the supernatural. The power of God came on him to do something. The dunamis of God, the power of God was to do something. And he killed, you know, the, the, uh, the enemies of God, the Philistines. He killed uh, people. And they said heaps upon heaps of people he killed because he had an anointing on him. He had power on him. He had dunamis on him. What happened when Samson broke his covenant with God and cut, he was a Nazarite. What happened when Samson broke his covenant with God got his hair cut, and he got up, and they said, Samson, the Philistines are on you. And he shook himself, and he went out. What happened to him? Spirit of the Lord was gone. He didn't have covenant with God, didn't have power with God, and they overthrew him. And he wound up grinding in the temple of Dagon on a mill in chains. You know the end of the story while he was there, his hair grew back, back in covenant with God. His hair grew back. He was back in right relationship with God, and he got prayed to God. He said, God, one last time. <laughs> he said, one last time, Lord, be glorified in my life. And he prayed, and he brought that whole temple down, that whole pagan temple of Dagon down. Like, boom, the whole thing collapsed because the Spirit of God was upon him. Amen. Well, that was the spirit that was on Jesus. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the, the good news. And I'm telling us as a people of God, when you desire to be a witness for Jesus or preach the good news or walk in the spirit or walk in your calling, God will fill you with the Holy Spirit and power to do whatever it is that God's called you to do. You just got to sign up and say, Lord, Jesus, you are Lord. I will do what you want to. Throw your hands up. Holy Spirit, woof, you will be filled with power. A lot of times you don't feel the power until you get moving. And you, got, you got to move a little bit. Show some action. All of a sudden, Mikey, you know how it is. A couple of times we've been out down there and you needed about that much coffee. Remember that thing? You know, like a lot of us, how many else needs a little coffee in the morning? You need about that much coffee to get going, right? But it wasn't really until we started talking to people that the real power came, right? Remember that? Just the real power of God, when you start stepping out, I could tell, I won't tell stories. I could tell stories this week of just, just I'm going to obey the Lord. And when you do, how God's so faithful. So the Holy Spirit came on Jesus, and He wants, he wants to also fill up His people. And then in, the, and I got to go quick here. I've, I've already taught on this, so I'm just going to go turn to Luke chapter 24. We're losing, using Lucan language. Jeff, tell me, Brad, don't hurry. Tell me, Jeff. Brad, Thank you, sir. We can always pick up here next week, can't we? Or the week after. I'll shortchange you if I hurry. Luke chapter 24. We'll go with... Uh, Verse um, 44, do you know, I can't go there, but do you know when you're born again, it's like a wineskin, like getting a new wineskin? How many know that? When you're born again, it's like you got an old wineskin. What happens when you put new wine in an old wineskin? It bursts because it can't stretch. It's, it's dead. It, you can't do anything. If you're going to have new wine, you've got to be born again, or you've got to have a new wine skin. And that's a perfect example of what happens when you get saved. When you get saved 
and you're baptized into the body of Christ, you, you're wineskin. You get a new wineskin. You are born again. The Spirit of Christ is dwelling in you. And like Jesus, now, because the Spirit of Christ is dwelling in you, you can be filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. Got a new wineskin, you can get new wine put in you. I mean, no, that's true. Oh, I got a scripture in Job. I'd like to go there. I can't. I can't. Okay. Then he said, I, I, I think I will go there. Then he said, thus it is written that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead. That's verse 46. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send you the promise of my Father. Get this, upon you. He's upon you to do something. Upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Jesus knew that they needed power, the power of the Holy Spirit, just like we do. If we're going to do the work of God, we're going to walk in the power of God, we need to be filled with the power of God. And, and I, I'm sorry for those of you who are getting a little tired. Maybe I'm losing you. I can't just, I got I to gotta take my time with this. I really, I really need to. Because you need to know how rooted in Scripture this is. We need to be filled with the Spirit. And I, I really believe, you know, like, and for me, and I, I want to demonstrate this or show you in Scripture this, it's not even a little dabble, do you? It's not like one time God fills you with the Holy Spirit and then you're done. Like, you know, I know people that uh, pray in the Spirit today and I, you, don't, you, you may not see any evidence of the Spirit's power on their life at all other than that. There's people that live in sin that might pray in tongues. There's pastors, we know, Spirit-filled pastors that have been sleeping with their secretary. We know that, right? Sinning, right? Don't tell me that maybe the power of God will use them for a while, but sooner or later, judgment's going to come on that person's life if they keep uh, insisting on gross sin. Someone say amen. amen. We need the power of God to bring holiness into our life, but also to fill us up. With, I mean it with, the Bible says we're sanctified by the Holy Spirit who's in us. We have the power of the Holy Spirit to sanctify us, and we also have the power of the Holy Spirit, the dunamis, to do something for God. I want it. How about you? And I'm not going to argue with about it either. I just want it. So let's flip over Whew. to Acts chapter 2. I, I got to tell you this. I'll, I, just wanna, I want to do something. I, I, was, I was praying this morning, as I do. I was praying this morning. And as I was praying, I, I just saw, like, I always call it like a little mini vision, a little picture. I saw a lamp uh, with a little light coming out of it. And I thought about oil in the lamp of the virgins, how they had that, that oil in that lamp. And I, I, I had this impression, like, that, that lamp is me. Someone flip over to Proverbs 20, 27. And when you get it, stand up and read it. Don't read the King James. I like other translations better. If you get Proverbs 20, 27, read it. Stand up and read it. Or now you don't have it? Okay. <laughs> Proverbs 20, 27. Did I didn't say that? It's not what I said, probably. 
The spirit of the Lord or the lamp of the Lord searches out his innermost being. King James says the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord and he searches out to the innermost being. Our spirits are like a, a lamp. And when we're born again, it's like we get a new lamp and God puts that oil in us. The problem in the parable of the oil was that five of those virgins didn't have oil, did they? And five did have oil. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, the oil of God. And as I saw that picture in my mind's eye and I was praying over it, the Lord was trying to make things clear to me because a lot of these scriptures, the way they, they bleed into each other, you really need to rightly divide it. And just as he gave me that picture of it, and I was thinking of that, and I thought of these other scriptures about how our spirit is the lamp of the Lord, uh, uh, the Lord pours into us thinking, someone sent me a text. Right at that time, I got up from prayer, and the spirit said in there, he says, God is anointing your head with oil, and your cup is running over. Amen? I said, man, that was a good text to send me, Lord. Someone sent that to me. Your cup is your spirit, and God wants to fill your cup to running over. He wants you to be overflowing. He knows that you can't walk this life out with God in your own steam or own power. And I mean, and I, and I say this, I, I go to God constantly and asking God to fill me, refill me. I need your power today. Yesterday's manna is stale. I need to hear from you today. Yesterday's word was stale. I love Sister Kathleen. What a blessing she was. But it's already getting a little stale. I need something new this morning, Lord. I need to hear from heaven, Lord. And not only that, I'm going to meet somebody today, Lord. And I'm going to need to be filled with your spirit. Lord, I am open. Fill my lamp. I want more oil. Give me more oil. Fill me up, Lord. Let that oil light my candle. Praise God. Flip over. I got to go to Job. I got to. Oh, Lord, help me. I'll probably say, because this book of Acts thing, we got to go through this. Uh, maybe I'll get to one verse there, but I'm already out of time. Don't be in a hurry. Don't be in a hurry. Jeff, I mean, seriously, if you got into this, this could be like a 25-part seminar. You know what I mean? Two hours, and, and you'd still... Someone would say, well, what about this? Like, <laughs> you know, so much there. Uh, Job 32, verse 8. Praise the Lord. But there is a spirit in man. Someone say, there's a spirit in me. Someone say, it's a Holy Spirit. We are created in the image of God. We are created in the likeness of God. The spirit of God was breathed into man. Can you believe that? The very spirit of God was breathed into Adam. Jesus came back to restore everything that Adam lost. And through Jesus Christ, the spirit of God has been breathed back into you. And now you can be filled with the Holy Spirit and do wonders and signs and glorify God with your life. You can be filled with the power of God. Amen. We're all, there's nobody here that's righteous on their own merit. There's nobody here that deserves it. There's nobody here that's earned it. All you got to do is be humble and say, Lord, I need you. I need you. I want you. I want to do something. I want to amount to something. God, don't let me walk away from my calling. Oh, God, don't let me fall into sin. I want the power of the Holy Ghost in my life. There's a spirit in man. Praise God. Oh, thank God I'm just not sarks. I'm just not flesh. I'm just not meat. There's something more to me than my physical appetites. There's something more to me than my own Sunday football and hamburgers. 
Nothing wrong with Sunday footballs and hamburgers. But there's something more. And the breath of the Almighty gives him understanding. So I go on my knees and I say, Lord, teach me. Teach me. Teach me. Teach me. The breath of the Lord, the inspiration of the Almighty. Now go down here to, this is why I didn't even know it was there. In verse 18, he says, For I am full of words. The Spirit within, chapter 32, The Spirit within me compels me. Indeed, my belly is like wine with no vent. Hallelujah. Woo! Ha <laughs> ha! It is ready to burst like new wineskins. Someone say hallelujah. Someone say, I got a new wineskin. I'm ready to burst with new wine. Let the presses burst out with new wine, Lord. I will speak that I may find relief. I must open my lips and answer. Let me not, I pray thee, show partiality to anyone or flatter any man. He said, there's something in me that's venting up. There's a well within me that's venting up. There's a spirit within me that I, I can't be quiet. Jeremiah said, the hand of God was upon me and I could not stay. I said, I'm not going to talk anymore about Jesus. Has it ever been you? Lord, I've made a fool of myself for the last time. Lord, I've spoken in your name for the last time. No one's listening anyway, God. It isn't worth all this, Lord. I'm not going to say anything else in your name. This is Jeremiah's testimony. Jeremiah said, Lord, you tricked me, you fooled me, and you prevailed because your spirit came on me with like power and I couldn't keep my mouth shut. I just, something in me, my leg got moving. I had to say something. I had to prophesy. I had to go tell that person about Jesus. The Holy Ghost is in me. I could not stay. I could not stop. I got to tell somebody, you can decide for yourself if you think it's right to speak in the name of Jesus, but I'm going to speak in the name of Jesus. Hell, high water, antichrist, devil, famine, pestilence, sickness, disease. I am going to speak in the name of Jesus. A thousand can turn against me on one hand, 10,000 can turn against me on the left. Lord, I, I never said I was perfect when I got into this thing. But one thing I want to be perfect in, I want to be perfect in my love for God. I want to be perfect in my singular, like David, pursuit for God. I want my head anointed with fresh oil. Not just today. I want it tomorrow, Chuck. I want to wake up tomorrow and say, Lord, I need some fresh oil. That old man of yesterday's already stale. There's already maggots in it. I need something fresh. Lord, please. Pour out. The spirit within me compels me. Indeed, my belly is like wine that has no vent. It is ready to burst like new wineskins. Did I get excited? Woo! I'm trying not to. I'm trying to teach. Good. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. I'm going to read one scripture. I really, isn't there another one, Lord? Be, yeah, let's flip over to chapter 1 of Acts, because I'll have to do that in my next sermon, because it's a whole, what I want to do, I'm going to give you my testimony with the Holy Spirit, and I can't today, and I want to march us through the book of Acts and just show you something. you guys mind if I do that? I just want to march you through the book of Acts and show you something. That'll be my next message. I don't have time for it today. So powerful. Someone say, it's Lucan language. You're a theologian now. Since Luke 
wrote Luke 24, now in Luke chapter 1, he's, or, thank you, Pam. Thank you, sweetheart. You have my permission to do that whenever you need to, okay? I think, I think she wants to read it. She, you want to read it, babe? <laughs> okay. It's good for her. And being assembled together with, with them, Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Same thing, this is uh, Luke 24, right? Which you have heard it from me, for John truly baptized with water. I, oh, I won't go there, Lord. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. I think King James says, thence. Therefore, when they came together, they asked him, Lord, at this time, will you restore the kingdom of Israel? Whole sermon there. And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the season which the Father put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and into the othermost parts of the earth. I believe they had new wineskin. They, they believed Jesus rose from the dead. They, you never hear that the apostles got rebaptized, do you? Did you ever hear that? You ever say that all oh, the 120 got back? No, they, they didn't. Didn't say anything about that. They, they believed in Jesus. He actually, I think it's in the book of John. I could be wrong. He breathed on him and said, receive the Holy Ghost, receive the Holy Spirit. But he said, you, you boys need some power. You need some power. And folks, and I'm going to demonstrate this next week. It's not a little dabble, do you? We need to be filled. Paul said in Ephesians 5, I preach on a lot. He says, be filled, and, and I've heard, I'm not a Greek scholar, but I've heard that means be being filled. Jesus, and as you read through the book of John, you see Jesus was constantly dependent on God. Did you know that? He had the Spirit of Christ, didn't he? Didn't Jesus have the Spirit of Christ? And yet he was being led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit would show him, and the Spirit would come on him, anointing for certain things. Certain gifts of the Spirit would come on him. He yielded himself. He said, I only do what I hear the Father telling me to do. He was totally dependent on God, the Father, the Holy Spirit. And I believe that's why he never did a miracle until then. But in his time, when his time came, and he did that again, the reason he got baptized, baptized he did it for us, He's showing us how we are supposed to live in a constant dependency on the Holy Spirit. Amen. Not a one-time little dab, and I say, I'll go through that next week. Here's what I want to do today. Yeah. Will you guys bear with me just for a few minutes? Would you give me, a, if you have to go, certainly you can go. I never compel you to stay. Gideon Dean, would you guys come up? I really wanted to get through all this other stuff first before I did this. And I was praying. I, I felt like the Lord, um, if you don't know that you've ever been filled with the Holy Spirit, or if you don't know now, you, you may be the last time you've experienced the presence of God, you know, you don't remember, you don't know that you ever had, I want you to come forward today and get a fresh touch of the, uh, of the Holy Spirit. When people are filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will manifest um, three out of four times in the book of Acts, they spoke in tongues. I don't have, uh, I, I don't have time to go through that. In, in uh, Acts chapter 19, they prophesied. 
one thing that will happen when the Holy Spirit comes on you, the power of God will come on you. And you'll have a fresh touch from the Lord and be filled. Now, why you say, why do I need to do it here? Because many of you won't do it at home. Amen? You won't do it at home. So I want to invite you, stand up and let's sing. And if you desire a fresh touch from the Lord, anybody, I want to pray for you. Pam, come stand beside me. Just come up, and I'm going to lay my hands on you and pray.